good afternoon, everyone. Uh, for those who don't know me, uh, my name is Daniel, and yeah, I have the privilege and honor of sharing a little bit about what Good Friday is all about. Thank you. But before I begin, uh, as always, let me begin with a word of prayer. Gracious and merciful Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that in him, all your promises and all that you have said find their yes and amen. We thank you that we can carve out this day of the calendar in particular to remind ourselves of what it cost for us to be called children of God. As we reflect and fix our eyes on Calvary, Lord, may you stir our affections for our Lord Jesus. May appreciation arise and may thanksgiving and love arise. Help us to treasure the cross and not only today but every day may you remind us of what you did for us through your son in this time when we look at your word teach us something new but with this teaching lord may you prompt us and compel us to live differently we say to ourselves and to one another that jesus changes everything. So Father, I pray that he might change everything in our lives, particularly as we look to his finished work on the cross. To Christ and for his sake. Amen. A couple of years ago, I was sleeping and it was about 2.30 a.m. And I was woken in the middle of the night uh, by my brother. And at that time, he was living with me. And as you would respond, uh, when a sibling wakes you in the middle of the night, I was a little bit grumpy, a little bit agitated. What couldn't wait until the morning? And my brother told me, Daniel, your, my, our grandma passed away. That was 2017, and I think it was the first time that someone close to me and someone dear to me, whom I uh, loved very much, whom I had a, a deep personal relationship with, passed away. It was the first time I felt the, the gut-wrenching pain of losing a loved one. And even though my uh, grandma passed in her sleep, even though she passed through old age and it wasn't because she was sick or anything like that, a thought occurred to me as that happened, this sucks. This is terrible. There is something about what just happened that doesn't feel right. It feels wrong, even though I knew even though we know that eventually we too will expire. So then how can something so 
certain and universal feel at the same time so wrong and so horrible. Death is a fact of life. So then, why do we fear it so much? The Bible also says that death comes for everyone. But unlike what many people in the world today think, it's not natural. You see, death for human beings is not a natural fact of life. It is an unnatural problem. Talking about death on the pulpit, in conversations with your friends, in any context, is a little bit strange. It's a touchy topic. It brings up emotions that many of us don't really want to feel. It's not something to bring up when you normally hang out with your friends and you want to chit-chat about something. You know, the only time, I think, where, when we seriously think about death is when we are forced to confront it. I was confronted when my grandma passed away. Maybe you were forced to confront it when recently someone close to you passed away as well. You know, for Christians, Good Friday is a day when we are also forced, in a sense, to confront death. I know that it is a sensitive topic. It hits too close to home for uh, some of us here. And yet, like I said, death is something that everyone, everywhere, will eventually face. So on Good Friday, I invite you to lean in and think about death as we think about the death of Jesus. What, what can we learn about this universal reality? Let's look at verse 45. We'll pick it up there. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lemma sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Here we are given not just a glimpse of Jesus' death, but a glimpse behind the death, behind the physical death that Jesus is about to experience, into what you could probably call the essence of what death really means. We all agree that death is, in many ways, a traumatic experience. Not merely because we cease to exist, but here we, we are told it is traumatic because God's presence ceases to exist. That is why Jesus cries out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You see, death is unnatural because it signals that God's kindness God's goodness becomes silent. Death is a terrible, unnatural thing because it tears us away from our Maker. It, it rips us apart from our God-given design as His image bearers. You see, the Bible claims that we, as human beings, were designed, made, and we now live to be in relationship with the one who made us. 
And death apart from faith in Jesus is a physical expression of life being permanently torn apart. You see, friends, death is traumatic, not merely because people physically expire. Death is truly traumatic because we relationally expire. The Bible claims that human life runs and exists only because God fuels it. Take the fuel away and life stops cold. You see, in a way, it's like a car. Take, a petrol, take the petrol away from a car and eventually the car will stop. It just becomes a big heap of metal scrap. It is, for all intents and purposes, dead. And this is what we are seeing happening here. The fuel that sustains Jesus the man runs dry. God is silent. Death is imminent. As Jesus hangs on the cross, we glimpse the unnatural, horrific sting of death. Separation from God. Verse 17 uh, verse 47. And some of the bystanders hearing it said, This man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the others said, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. In other words, bluntly put, here, hanging on a cross, Jesus of Nazareth is dead. You know, as Christians, every year we hear this story. We hear this story so many times that we don't tend to stop and think about the events of Good Friday. Not really. We all know the story. Jesus is condemned, Jesus is crucified, and Jesus dies. But imagine if you were one of the first disciples, one of the first followers of Jesus, and you were with him for his three years of ministry, and you could call him, really, your friend. Imagine if you were there, and you weren't like the cowards, like the twelve disciples uh, that ran away, but you were one of the, the committed ones, and you were there, watching your friend, your Lord, the one whom you thought was to be king, hanging on the cross, that would have been devastating. Imagine it. You've, you've seen this person heal sick people. You've seen this person command demons to come out of people. You've seen him raise the dead. And even as he hung on the cross, I don't know about you, but I, yes, I would have felt despair, but as I looked, a, a small part of me would have thought, what's he going to do this time? Is he going to get out of it? I'm sure of it that he is going to somehow turn this around. But he doesn't. There's no miracle. There's no act of power. Even Jesus 
the Messiah, like every other human being who has lived and will ever live, he dies. Remember how I began this talk by saying that even as we know in our minds that death is a certainty, we still feel deep down in our hearts that just something about death just doesn't sit well with us. That feeling you feel when you have lost a loved one, times that by a thousand, ten thousand, a hundred thousand. And this is what the disciples felt. Something is wrong. Everyone dies, but surely not Jesus. Jesus isn't meant to die, not like the rest of us. So, so why does he die? Why is there no miracle? How come his life ends exactly like the rest of us? We don't find that answer in full here, but we find it later on when the disciples wrote letters to the first followers of Jesus. And this is the Apostle Peter writing about this. He that is Jesus, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. In other words, because he bore this, this thing called sin on and in his body, Jesus dies not because it is a natural thing, but because of you of me, because of every sinner in the world. You know, why is death such a painful thing? Other than that, why are we so afraid of it? If you're honest with yourself, I would say most, if not all of us, would say, yeah, I'm pretty afraid of death. Well, is it because we might fear the unknown of what happens after it? No one's been there as far as I know, so we don't really know what's on the other side. Maybe it's the fear of the unknown. Or is it because we, we fear leaving things unfinished? We wanted to do this one thing in life, and 80, 90, 100 years just doesn't seem long enough. We might have missed opportunities, incomplete dreams. Maybe that's why we, we tend to fear death. And I think these all have merit to a certain degree, but... Here's my take on it. I think it's because deep, deep, deep down in the very core of our being, we know that death is unnatural because sin is unnatural. Sin, the word that describes our rebellion against God, the word that describes our action to go, God, I don't want to live your way, I want to live my way, my truth, not yours. You see, Jesus dies because he bears the weight of this thing called sin. The Bible claims that the reason why death in human beings exists because it is because sin exists in the world. Death is not natural but it has become normal. 
Because we are all people that sin against God. What if I were to tell you that you weren't meant to die? That is what the Bible claims. We were designed to live forever. To be in relationship with our Creator. That is the natural order of things. We were never meant to die. But all have sinned, as the Bible claims, and all fall short of the glory of God. And since all have sinned, and the wages of sin is death. Work it out. Everyone dies. You know, the picture we get in these verses in the Gospel of Matthew is, a, is of a man who is unlike any other. Unlike all those who have gone before him or who will ever come after him. Unlike all of us who have sinned, this man never sinned. Unlike all who fall short of the glory of God, this man was perfect in the eyes of God. But this man, without sin, and perfect in God's eyes, is treated as if he were one of us. Sinners who fall short. So that we can see without any doubt, death is not normal. Rather, it's not natural. It is sin that kills. Sin, rebellion against God, choosing to live our own way. Sin, which is the most unnatural of things in this world. We all agree that death is a fact of life. Not because it is a part of life, but precisely because it is not. You see, when we look to the crucified Jesus... Jesus represents a true life that is to be lived. He is the better Adam. He is the perfect person. And yet, he dies. Because the sins of the world were on his shoulders. As Paul said, as Pastor Paul said, today is a day where we reflect. So I invite you to carefully reflect on the reality of death. You see, no matter what this world tells us, no matter what others might tell us, death is not normal. It is sin that causes it. It is sin that caused our Lord Jesus to breathe His last. It is sin that causes death because it tears our connection with our Creator. It, it, it severs the link that we have with God's goodness, with God's kindness. And as Christians, whenever we see death, we shouldn't pretend that it's normal, because it's not. Death exists because of sin. Sin that separates us from God. Sin that curses us to live 70, 80, 90, if we're lucky, about 100 years. And then... We expire. But this is not right. It is something that as Christians we need to express our frustration against. Death is not normal. Death's sting is sin. And all have sinned 
And that is why one day, like Jesus, we will face death. So death is not normal. It is separation from God. Sin is present in everyone. That's why we die. But imagine if the story ended here. Imagine if Jesus was merely a man. A man who was crucified. He experienced the full force of death. And then he dies. Then nothing changes. Death is still separation from God. We still have a really big problem on our hands. Every sinner still deserves death. And since everyone is a sinner, everyone will still die. And that is why we have these verses straight after Jesus' death. Verse 51. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook and the rocks were split. Death is separation from God. But when Jesus dies, something curious happens. This separation dies. It's not something that we would have expected. You see, the curtain was a huge well, curtain dividing in the temple uh, of the Jewish people, dividing the Holy of Holies, where God was thought to dwell most strongly on this earth, and the rest of sinners. This curtain, if you were to step past it, you would drop dead. Because sinners cannot stand in the presence of a holy God. That is what the Bible uh, says. But as Jesus dies, in that moment, this dividing line is torn apart. So what is happening here? What is happening? Jesus died and this happens? Well, well remember how I said that, that Jesus stood in the place of sinners on the cross as if he was one of us. That is why he died, because as if he was one of us, he bore our sins on his shoulders, in and on his body, and died. Well, on that cross, as many of you know, Jesus did so much more than that. He did so much more than just metaphorically take our sins. He absorbs the power of sin. Death by separation from God. He takes that consequence and he drains the power of death dry. How do we know this? Look at what the author of Hebrews says. Now, since the children have flesh and blood in common, Jesus also shared in these so that through his death he might destroy the one holding the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who were held in slavery all their lives by the fear of death. You see, Jesus doesn't only take our sins away, he takes on death itself and he crushes it. And that is why the curtain tears open. 
This is the moment when God declares that death no longer can separate us from him. Jesus removes death's sting by his death because he was, in fact, the only one who could do it. As Paul says, as as the Apostle Paul says, death has been swallowed up in victory. That's an amazing image. Jesus swallows death whole. I mean, think of it this way. Think of death, uh, death as separation from God, as a debt. It's an uncountable debt that everyone has. We can never pay it off. We are owned by the bank. There is no hope for us. And here comes Jesus with an uncountable sum of money. And he offers to take on this debt. He takes it in full. And rather than him being also bound by the bank, bound by that debt, he pays it off. Pays it off in one fell swoop, in one great transaction. The bank has no more power over us who were once indebted to it. Our debt is paid because Jesus paid it in full. Of course, this analogy, it's it's also the case that this is much more than an analogy. Uh, In a different sense, Jesus did really pay the price for our sins. Not owed to death, but to God himself. But I, I think... In seeking to understand uh, the act of Christ's death as satisfying God's wrath, as a ransom for our sins, as as true and as right as that is, and don't hear me wrong, that is a a wonderful truth, that God's wrath is satisfied because of Jesus' death. That, That is absolutely true. But I think... If we overly emphasize that, we tend to miss the other aspects, and this is one of them. We still need to hear that that Christ also destroys the most serious of sin's consequence. Death as separation from God. And that kind of makes it, it's, it's all kind of the same thing, but different ways of looking at it. You know, Christians for sure, like everyone else, even as we believe in Jesus... All of us, uh, well, some of us rather here, or most of us, hopefully, uh, believe in Jesus, but we all know that we ain't going to live forever. Just like non-Christians, in a way, we, we will one day expire. And yet, for a Christian to die, it is fundamentally different from other deaths. Hear me on this, because, because when we die... We don't really die. Because if death in its totality is separation from God, we aren't separated from God. You see, the words of Jesus, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? For the Christian is replaced by the words that Jesus speaks to us. Today, you will be with me in paradise. More than that, death for the Christian is not death. Not really. Because it's not the end for us. 
It's not separation from God, but a return journey home. We enter the holy place. The curtain is torn. And you know what else happens? Let's read on. Verse 52. The tombs also were opened. And many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. Even the death we will all inevitably face. For believers of Jesus, the story is not over. These two verses, as I was reading it, you were probably like, I didn't know this was in the Bible. You see, these two verses seem so out of place. People rising from the dead, coming out of their tombs and walking around. I know that's what Jesus did, but, but I didn't know that there were other people that did that. It sounds like something more out of a zombie film than the Bible itself. But, but that is why it is so shocking, and it's supposed to be shocking. It is jaw-dropping. Because take it as it is, the author, the Gospel of Matthew, is saying that when Jesus died, people came back to life. People who died came back to life. You know what this proves? Well, it proves that death is dead. Because these people were followers of Jesus that through that three-year period of his ministry died and were buried. They did not stay dead. They got back up and they lived. Now, some commentators say that because they were raised, they, they probably ascended into heaven like Jesus. But we don't know that. We don't really know what happened uh, to these uh, raised saints. But one thing is for sure. This will also be our story. See, death didn't just lose its sting. It's not only that Jesus took away the power that death had to separate us from God. Jesus destroys death altogether. Followers of Jesus who were once dead are now alive. Not metaphorically, not in the way that we talk about it, but literally. More proof that this is really true is what happens after the events of Good Friday on Easter Sunday. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Jesus has stolen the keys of death from the enemy and taken the power of death from sin itself. He has opened the door for those who believe in Him to enter the holy place, to no longer fear death, to no longer fear it as a permanent consequence, but a powerless blip in the story of our eternal life to come. This is what Jesus promised during His three years of ministry. And He, make, he makes good on it here. Remember what He said to Martha? He said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in Me, even if he dies, will live. I love this one. Everyone. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. The death of Jesus 
is good news for the world. Because the world faces on a day-by-day basis the inevitability of death. In Jesus, death is dead. It is powerless. Not even death now can separate us from the love of God, which is secured for us in Christ Jesus. And praise God, many of us, by God's grace, believe in Jesus. And what a beautiful thing it is to do that. How different our life is because we believe in Him. But let me tell you, brother and sister, this life is not all there is to it. The death that we will one day face, it's not going to be our full stop. It's just going to be a comma into the long sentence of our lives. You see, this Good Friday, I want us also to, to reflect on the fact that Christians, we don't fear death, not, not in the way that the world does. You see, we are reconciled to God through His death, but we are also freed from the death of sting through His death. Because of that, we, we don't need to fear the inevitability of death. You know, so many people in this world do, but, but we don't. Because, because of Christ's death to us, whenever, however it might come, is not separation from God, but it's meeting God face to face. Put it differently, death is not the end for us, but only the beginning. Yeah, it's true. Those who believe in Jesus, those who don't believe in Jesus, we will all eventually die. But the events of Good Friday guarantees that we who believe in Jesus will not stay in the ground. Death could not hold Jesus and it will surely not hold us down. We will rise one day and death will not have the last word. Death is a topic that no one really wants to talk about, isn't it? It's just a messy topic. It's uncomfortable. You know, a couple of uh, days ago, one of my good friends, he he lost his uh, child. Um, The child was born uh, four days and lived for four days and sadly passed away. And I was on the phone with him and I just didn't have the words to say. I don't know what to say in those circumstances. Facing up to death, nobody wants to do it. You know, all of us, if not already, uh, then I can guarantee, maybe in the near future, uh, we will face death, either in the uh, form of a death of a a loved one or, or, or maybe even our own. And in one sense, death is anything but a pleasant reality, and it's not meant to be. Even as Christians, when we face the death of a loved one, there is and should be a real sense of sorrow, a real sense of pain, of deep sadness. You know, the fact that people die, all people, is still a difficult thing. But in another sense, Death for Christians is something entirely different, is it not? 
It's entirely different because of what Jesus has done for us on the very first Good Friday. There is no sting. There is no teeth. There is no power that death has over us. If we believe in Jesus, death is not separation from the source of all life. It is not separation from God. In, in, in a way, it is the final step we take to see God face to face. Death for Christians is not the end, it is only the beginning. And it is good and right for Christians to feel grief when it comes to death. Even today on Good Friday. For we are reminded today of, of the death of Jesus, who out of everyone who ever lived, did not deserve to die. But in our place, died anyway. Was forsaken by God, crushed for our iniquities, endured the full consequence of our sin. But it is also appropriate that in the midst of the grief and the sorrow, we can hope. We can hope because we know that the story of the death of Christ is not the end. We can hope because like the saints that rose when Christ died, when we die, that is not our end. Death was not the end of Jesus and certainly it will not be for us. If we really knew this and lived knowing that this is true, how different would we look at death? Like I said, death is just a really uncomfortable topic to talk about. We don't often think about it. But just for today, think about it. And if you are a Christian, think about it and hope. Hope in the day when death really won't be among us. When death will be finally destroyed when Christ returns. And for those of us here who have yet to believe, can't deny it, right? Death is real. Death is terrible. And you might have trained yourself into thinking that death is normal, that death is okay. Ask yourself, why do you feel so sad and terrible and, and horrific when you encounter death? The Bible claims that it's because it's not meant to be this way. You and I were meant to live forever in relationship with God and here on Good Friday, Jesus makes that possible. Would you consider that? Do you fear death? Are you worried about it? Think about Jesus. I wanted to end by getting all the Christians in the room to recite something with me. Uh, this, uh, these words are obviously from the Bible, but these words were uh, from the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul is talking, in the context of the passage itself, he's talking about how, yes, people die, but we're not going to stay dead, because he knew, as now we do, that Jesus defeated death. And he almost sings these words 
Amazing thing if we could make a song about this. Maybe the music team can do that, but we don't have that today. So why don't we together raise our voices? And if you believe in this, I invite you to raise your voices and, and recite this along with me to declare the truth of what Jesus Christ has done for us, that death has lost its sting. Death is now dead. So follow along as I, as I read. And may you also, if you, I encourage you also to, to shout this out with me as well. Three, two, one. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray together. Let's spend maybe a, a minute or two reflecting on the things that I've just uh, encouraged us to reflect on. It might seem a little bit morbid uh, asking you to reflect on death, but it's something that we all will inevitably face and it is something that everyone faces and I think it's good to think on it if only it is just for today and as you reflect think about Jesus the one who knows what death feels like not just physical death but, but true death, a relational death, being cut off from the source of life so that all those who believe in him would never have to be. Reflect on that and reflect on what Jesus did for us because eventually we, we won't stay in the ground but like Jesus, we will rise one day where death will be a story we tell one another a million years from now as something that was an enemy that Jesus conquered for us. Wherever your mind takes you, wherever the spirit that resides in you as Christians uh, prompts you, Let's spend a couple of minutes just reflecting on death and thanking God who gave us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Where death is your victory, where, O oh death, is your sting. Let's pray.